Hello and welcome to another rousing edition of Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell and that is my co-host over there, Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. Good day to you, Kurt. Good day to you, brother. So you doing all right? I'm doing well. I'm here. Not doing much on sleep though. The little guy was up last night a little bit, but uh, we had a talk and we're all good. So he went back. To, he went back to bed and I did not. That's usually <laughs> how my life works. But uh, you know what? We're all good. And uh, if you're listening, thank you for listening. Sleep is overrated. No, it's not. Not <laughs> absolutely not. Um, so if you're just tuning in and you're in the car driving around and you heard these two knuckleheads talking, we are a show called Solid Steps Radio. We are a show for men by men talking about things from a men's perspective. Now we know lots of ladies listen. I had a lady catch me the other day going, Oh, I heard your show the other day. And I'm like, Hey, that's great. We love anybody to listen, but we're talking to the guys and guys, we know there's a million different things you're doing in life and you're running a million miles a minute. But we just want to be a tool in your toolbox of life. We don't have the magic pill or the answers, but we know the one who does. And we believe at Solid Steps Radio, every man is fulfilling his destiny when he is walking in Christ, being a born-again believer and knowing and being known by God. Okay? So that's why we have this show, Solid Steps Radio. So we have all kinds of topics we cover. And uh, one of the things that we talk about and we have talked about in past shows is leadership. And when people think leadership, a lot of times they just directly go to maybe the top upper chalance of, of leadership, right? And I always made this connection. We talked about this the other day, Kurt, how a lot of times if you're in sales or if you're a business owner or you're an entrepreneur, they listen to a panel of billionaires talking about how they made their first billion. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to pick some of the principles or how they made a billion and how do I apply this to my job that makes 100 grand or 200 grand a year. And a lot of times people will get overwhelmed, a little bit discouraged. So when we hear leadership, we think, well, that's for the upper dudes, not for me. And the truth of the matter is, if you're hearing my voice right now, man, you are a leader. Whether you know it or not, you're leading. And which direction are you leading? So we're going to talk today a little bit about what leadership looks like, even from a mosaic perspective. You like how I tied that in? You did. Re- well, I did Boom. my best. <laughs> Chad, I've been looking forward to this uh, broadcast for quite a while. So Chad, uh, we're going to welcome Daniel Montgomery to the show today. Daniel, Welcome. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Daniel. So, you, you, dude, you have been a pastor for like how long? Seventeen years. Seventeen years. You've been a pastor, and now we, we've we've talked with guys who have been in the business world, work world, in the marketplace, and then they become a pastor. And you're doing kind of the exact opposite of that. You've been a pastor, and you're kind of moving into the business world. Uh, how how did that happen? Yeah, well, um, I started Sojourn Community Church when I was 24 years old. and You were a kid. I was a kid. Um, <laughs> 24 years old, mentored by Ed Stetzer, who's a big church planning guru. He took me under his belt and asked me if I essentially wanted to be an intern, um, which was code for just go hustle a lot and get this thing going. <laughs> and uh, he promised that uh, he would bring a church planner who would be the the Jedi church planner and train me in the ways of the force. And I'd be his young Padawan and learn all about church planting. And um, it would be an opportunity of a lifetime. And so we started in the inner city and the Jedi Knight never came. And I found myself knocking on doors and doing what church planners do. And through that process, really, that the calling to be a catalytic leader emerged. Um, I had some experience in startups in college and um, essentially came to seminary to broaden my theological horizon. I had no intention of being a pastor, really. I just wanted to have a stronger theological foundation for life in my 20s. Um, But through the process of initiating new work, um, the calling 
to be a pastor really emerged. And I, I joke with people that when we started Sojourn, I had a, a systematic theology in one hand and fast company in the other. And that was a bit of the, the modus operandi, if you, if you will, back in the day. And um, I've always immersed myself in business writings and networked with leaders over the years and had a passion uh, really to bridge the marketplace and the local church. And so initiated all kinds of ministries and programs to build bridges from the church to the marketplace. Um, but after really, it was more like 20 years in ministry. Um, last year, I'm 43 now, um, it made the transition into the marketplace. That's exciting. I mean, when you, I, I mean, it's, you, we talked before the show, I mean, you're, you are still in ministry. No doubt. T t talk to our listeners. Some, sometimes we think in terms of, you know, you're, well, you're in full-time ministry, you know, you're in vocational ministry and I'm, you know, I'm a sales guy. I'm a, I'm a realtor like Chad. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting on you, buddy. No, I appreciate the plug. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> talk to our listeners. They're really, there is, there is not this secular sacred um, bridge that, that, that there's this chasm between. Talk just a moment about that. Yeah, I believe ministry is everyone's business. When we're, we're called to Christ, we're called to ministry. Unfortunately, um, the spirit of Plato kind of hovers over the church. And there are all these false dichotomies and divisions that exist within the church and in the minds of everyday believers. And one you just mentioned was the sacred-secular dichotomy. And that's really a dichotomy of place, that there's sacred places and there's secular places. And sacred places are holy, like church and Bible study and mission trips. And secular places are um, not, like, like work and the bar or uh, sports. Um, but really what we see is that that sacred-secular dichotomy is a bit of a holdover from the Old Testament and holy places and holy people. But what we see in Christ, Emmanuel, God is with us, is the sacred and secular come together. Um, another division or dichotomy that exists that um, really leaves us divided is the temporal-eternal division. And so there's the eternal, and that's the that's what really matters. You know, are you living eternally? And then there's the temporal, and that's your everyday life. As Chad mentioned, it's it's sleeping, it's getting up, it's changing diapers, it's driving to work and back, it's it's grinding it out at work. But what we see is in Christ, the eternal and temporal come together, never to be divided again. And the final one would be the soul-body dichotomy. You have a soul, and that's what really matters. And soul things are when we're worshiping and experiencing the presence, the manifest presence of God in worship. And then your, there's your body, which you wake up and... <laughs> Is, is grinding more and more every day. What we see in Christ is soul and body come together and that our body matters, time matters, and all places matter to God. So, so Daniel, when you left uh, Sojourn and you started this, this business, you, you're, you're, you're really trying to help leaders, business folks out, out in the marketplace to really flesh that out. H how do you do that? Yeah, we believe leadership is everyone's business. It's not just the domain of the upper echelons. It's not just the domain of, of CEOs, but we come alongside senior management teams, and primarily we begin with executives. And that's more strategic because if we're going to launch a, an initiative in a business, we want to start at the top and work our way down. That the best way to energize a workplace and um, promote 
um, engagement is to begin with the senior management and then be a part of the process of leading. And really, it's, it's about stepping into the crisis. I mean, you guys um, exist because of the crisis of masculinity that exists in the culture. And that results in a crisis of leadership and leadership realities about entering into that crisis and bringing clarity and calling Christians to live out their identity with vulnerability. You, you have a passion for really helping folks uh, step up. In, in your book, uh, Leadership Mosaic, you, w- one of your key th- principles, themes, is uh, helping folks live with courage. Um, we're going to continue to unpack that because I think that many of us in the world today, we, we, we kind of hear the word courage, but I, I'd love to just read a, a passage out of uh, Joshua. He's going to take over Moses' job, and he's going to lead the nation of Israel, and God has to re, uh, uh, repeat over and over again, Joshua, you be strong and courageous. Uh he had been following Moses all these years. Why do you think he needed to hear that so much? And why do, why do we as guys need to hear, guys, step up to the plate, be strong and courageous? Yeah, we live in a, a broken, fallen world. And so instead of living out our identity, we, we pull back in fear. And um, it's a word we need. That word that Joshua had is a word we need every day. It's a, a word of encouragement to our heart to, to be who we are. Um, un, unfortunately, uh, we all suffer from the imposter syndrome. You know? It's something that's oftentimes just um, prescribed to executives, but we, we all have um, difficulty being in our skin. And that's really the essence of shame. Shame is I'm, I'm not comfortable with who I am. And so being who we are as fathers, as husbands, as workers, is a daily challenge. Um, shame is, is everyone's problem because everyone is human, and it's, it's a fundamental dilemma of humanity. Well, and I think also we did a, a show on spiritual warfare, and I think the enemy continues to kind of push that button in our lives of shame, 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 and, 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 and somewhat cripples us in the, uh, the whole area of courage. We're going to continue to unpack that, Daniel, but we need to take a break. So we're going to take a break and come back. And Daniel wrote a book called Leadership Mosaic. And there are five leadership uh, styles, I guess, if you will, that we're going to talk about. And uh, over the next few segments, we're going to talk about how leadership pertains to everyone. If you're at the top management, he says, uh, Dan just says, you got to start with upper management. Guys, you are upper management. <laughs> and uh, no matter where you are and where you live and what you're doing. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Daniel Montgomery, the author of Leadership Mosaic, here on Solid Steps Radio. Hello and welcome back to the second segment of Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter, And we are with Daniel Montgomery. And he is the author of a book called Leadership Mosaic. And we have a mosaic of sponsors on our show, and they just help us be what we are, and they are uh, help us get on the air. We want to thank LNN Credit Union. They're a local lender who is much uh, involved in the community, not just in finances and money. Uh, Vision First, Eye Care. They take care of your eyeballs. They also take care of you as a person, and uh, they take care of my eyes and help me see a little bit better. Frank Enterprises, if you have a septic system issues, if you have drainage issues and you're outside of your property and water's not going where it's supposed to go, Frank Enterprises can help you out with that. Bright Star Home Care, they help folks who are trying to live independently that might not be 
physically able to, and they want to help people make that transition, Bright Star Home Care does that. Dan Hart Financial, if you want to invest for the future, for retirement, uh, for whatever your portfolio looks like, whether how big or small it is, Dan Hart Financial can help you with your retirement plans. And then Country Lake Christian Retreat Center, uh, a wonderful location to be able to help host all of your corporate or personal uh, event. Daniel, when we t- when we talk about leadership mosaic, you really kind of describe five principles or five characteristics of a, of a person who, you know, whether they're leading in their home or a, a small business or even a larger business. Talk about those five and kind of unpack that a little bit before we get into what I want to j- uh, jump into, number three. Go, go, talk about those five. No doubt, no doubt. Well, a lot of leadership conversations are driven by, by fads and by the, the latest great bestseller. And there's a need for more holistic leadership. And so Leadership Mosaic focuses on five principles. Conviction, creativity, courage, collaboration, and the contemplative leader. And conviction is all about embodying what we believe. It's doing what we say will do. It's about follow through. It's about integrity. Um, It's about modeling the way forward. And there's a desperate need for leaders to model the way. Because as John Maxwell writes, people do what people see. Uh, this is the, the bane of raising children. Uh, our children get to a certain age and we, we realize they're just little mini-me's. Uh, my son is very aggressive and he's turning 15, turned 15 this year, about to be 16 and that, the testosterone is going. And I look at my wife and I'm just like, it's only going to get worse, baby. Uh, he's just a, an unsanctified version of me. Uh, he's a Christian, but he, he's growing and, and they mimic us. They model us for good or, or for bad. And leaders model the way they live out of conviction. Second, leaders lead with creativity. There's not one way to do leadership, mm-hmm. but God meets us each uniquely. And I have a passion to bring creativity back to business leaders and everyday leaders, whether they're leading in their home or work. Um, too often, we're looking for cookie cutter kind of clone approaches to leader, leadership. And that's a denial of the Imago Dei. It's a denial of what it means to be made in the image of God. We are creative. And to be creative is to, to be relational and to be in touch with our emotions and to inspire people with vision. Um, the third dimension of leadership. But, but, but let me back up just a, a quick question about that um, creative piece. What, mm-hmm. what do you do to enhance your personal creativity as a leader? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, some of the practices I do to enhance my creativity as a leader um, is I, I shift environments. Um, I like to visit museums. I like to mountain bike. I like to travel. And those are some of the things that fuel my creativity. Um, I read widely. Um, I don't just read in the leadership field. I read fiction, nonfiction. I'm a magazine junkie. I probably have 12 subscriptions to magazines, reading from men's magazines to mountain bike magazines to um, design magazines. And all of these sources fuel my creativity as well as just staying curious. Um, whenever I'm meeting with a leader in every field or sector, um, I always have a list of questions. And it's fascinating, whether it's engineering or media companies or um, marketing companies, there's always something to learn. Um, or just a, a local landscaping company um, that there's sources, there's fuels for creativity all over the world because God has 
um, infused his creativity and his creation. Well, well, you know, we are created in, in the image of God. So therefore, because of that, there is a, there's a component in us that, that cries out for us to be creative. No doubt. So, no okay, doubt. that's, uh, that's in- interesting. Well, that leads to the next one, which is courage. Yes. Um, one of the, the fundamental challenges to expressing our creativity, whether it's our creativity as a husband or father or Christian worker, is, is shame. And so to offer up our work, whether that's um, a management initiative or um, a new initiative at work or um, an idea we have at work, takes courage. And we have to step into the uncertain and unknown and unmanageable and, and offer up what we have. But the good news for Christians is what we offer, Christ perfects. And so we don't need to live in fear, shame, and guilt regarding our offering, whether it be at home or work or within the church. But we can lead courageously forward. The fourth dimension is collaboration. That there really isn't any leadership apart from leading with others. And so collaboration is the process of process of enabling others to lead that genuine leadership empowering leadership is about others and the final dimension is about contemplation which is um, really encouraging the heart Um, one of the the greatest gifts we can give to others is our presence Mm -hmm. a mentor once said to me that the greatest gift i can offer is my transformed and transforming presence and that's what the contemplative leader is all about Mm. practicing presence in a world of absence that, that when I um, do my initial consultation with leaders, whether that's managers or executives or um, local church pastors, I ask them, who, who's been present in your life? Who's had the most powerful presence on you as a leader? And as Chad said, typically it's not um, the president of the United States or uh, a celebrity or figurehead or even their pastor. Typically it's mom, it's dad. It's a coach. It's a school teacher. And they inevitably share with me that they were present. They were there with them through a crisis or a challenge or when they hit a wall. And that's the gift that we can offer our children, our friends, our coworkers, our presence. It's becoming a gift that's more and more scarce in a world that's just filled with technology and absence. It's so hard to be present in our world. So, okay, so uh, talk to the dad right now or, or, or the, you know, the, the husband. How, how, just real practically, how does a, a dad be present with his kids, with his wife in a real practical way? Wow, that, that, uh, that's hitting close to home. Uh, <laughs> can we move on to something else? <laughs> you know? and, and it's hitting close to home because if you, if you ask me this morning, what's my leadership challenge? My biggest leadership challenge right now is being present to my children. Mm. Um, I'm crazy about my wife and chasing her every day, but it's really challenging. As much as I love my children, I love being with them, um, I love celebrating them and cherishing them, it's a daily challenge to be present to them. And it, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of discipline. Disciplines like um, 24-hour turning off of technology during Sabbath, present like um, probing their heart and really listening, not only to what's being said, to what's not being said. Um, it takes presence to, to be available in the unstructured times. But for me, I also create structured ch- times with my children, specifically my older children, um, to disciple them and my younger children just to be present with them. 
Um, but I, I have to be very disciplined. Um, if you could say, what does it mean to be present to your children? I, I think I'm the 300 pound overweight father. And it takes a, a lot of training for me to get to get lean again and to be present to my children, particularly in this season of um, where the business is at. It's, it's really at its early stages. It's a startup. And so um, it's a daily challenge for me and a daily conversation I'm having with my wife. Of, yeah, because you're being, I mean, you're launching a whole, whole new, you know, business ministry mm-hmm. and it takes incredible time to do that. And, and yet your kids are only going to be, uh, you know, kids at home only a certain period of time and, and pretty soon they're going to be gone. Yeah. And, um, well, but, whether it's, whether it's starting a church, um, starting a, a network of churches or starting a business, um, my wife and I regularly have conversations about seasons. And, and there are certain seasons where the, the family sacrifices. And if, if, that, if that's a season that goes on indefinitely, that becomes unsustainable. But it's a conversation we have as a family. We're in a season right now where daddy has to work um, harder than normal. It's a more difficult season. Um, but we include the kids in that conversation. Like I mentioned, it's a regular conversation with my wife to, to do an audit of kind of where we're at um, as we seek to advance together as a family. That's good stuff. I think uh, us guys, we need to hear that. Um, but when the season gets really long, we, then we need to go. This is this is moving beyond a season. That's moving towards kind of a, a whole lifestyle, and we have to be careful. Daniel, let's. Um, uh, and it takes it takes courage to have those conversations. It, it takes no doubt. Cur- it takes courage to face that reality. Yeah. Um, when you think of courage, you know, talk just real quickly. You you mentioned real, you kind of in the fly here, of three things that steal away our courage, that erode away us us guys to be encouraged. And um, oh, I tell you what, hold that thought. Those three things, we're going to come back on the third segment and we're going to unpack those items. And uh, it's funny, uh, Daniel said something that made me think of a sales trainer I heard said this once. He said, when it comes to sales, you don't have to be good, but you have to be there. You got to be there in that spot when that person needs to need you for a service. And I thought, you don't have to be a, a great dad per se, but you got to be there. Even if you're just an average dad per se, comparatively speaking, being in the presence of your kids goes a long way. So uh, we're going to come back talk more with author of Leadership Mosaic, Daniel Montgomery, in the next segment of Solid Steps Radio. Hello, welcome back. Solid Steps Radio. It's our third segment. If you missed the first two, I'm sorry about that. But good news for you is this. We have a commercial-free podcast thanks to our sponsors, uh, Ellen and Credit Union and all those great folks who help sponsor our show. You can go to SoundCloud, you go to iTunes, or you can go to Facebook and just type in Solid Steps Radio. And we have two years worth of shows lined up there to, for you to listen to. And I had a gentleman uh, grab me this week and said, man, he goes, when I'm cleaning, he works a third shift job. And he says, when I'm cleaning at three in the morning, you can only listen to so much music. And I listen to your all's podcast. So Good to know we're keeping him awake. Three a.m. Yeah. That's good. So Daniel, okay, so we're talking about courage and how do we how do we step up as guys? And you talk about in your book three things, three obstacles that really kind of can cripple us. Talk about that for us guys. Yeah, courage is something we all struggle with. Uh, courage has um, always been with humanity. I mean, the only the only time that uh, there was a 
an absence of courage was uh, Genesis 1 and 2. And after Genesis 3, it's been a, a succession of days filled with fear, shame, and guilt. And so if we go back, we see that, that fear, shame, and guilt are primal emotions that, that Adam and Eve hid in the garden. That's what fear is all about, that they made coverings. That's what shame is all about, and that they shifted blame. That's what guilt's all about. And so courage calls us to face our fe- fears, deal mm. with our shame, and acknowledge our guilt. Um, really, when we talk about fear, we all fear. We fear failure, rejection, abandonment, death or dying is a, is a primal fear that, that all of humanity deals with. It's what's driving a lot of productivity and work is this fear of death. We fear uncertainty, and we have shame, shame from being different, shame from being contaminated or feeling worthless or feeling exposed or for not living up to things. And all of us struggle with guilt. Mm-hmm. Guilt over what we've done, guilt over what we've not done, guilt over, as we spoke about earlier, failures as a, a father or friend or worker, guilt over body image, over unfulfilled work, over neglected friendships, over just our sin, which leads us to Christ. Christ comes and he, he faces our fear. He takes our shame and he deals with our guilt. And so Christians have have the resources and renewal in Christ to daily face our fear, deal with our shame, and acknowledge our guilt. That if I'm really seeking to know if someone's dealing with fear, shame, or guilt, I just look to the scriptures. My basic assumption, even being here this morning, is all of us are desperately insecure and dealing with various expressions of fear, shame, and guilt. But in Christ, we have not just the resources or the tools, but we have his presence and we can draw near to him and find the courage we need. We can live out our identity in him and he's dealt with our guilt once and for all. But it's really a civil war of the soul. Mm. The Christian who says to me, well, I don't really deal with fear, shame, and guilt. It's like the guy who says, well, I used to deal with lust. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what? And you don't have a pulse anymore? Uh, (laughs) Lust isn't anything we ever get over. Power and struggling with power isn't something we ever get over um, because these are merely expressions of fear, shame, and guilt. It's a civil war of the soul until Jesus Christ comes back and calls us home. And the good news is that's why we anticipate heaven because there will be no fear in heaven. We won't have these shame dynamics that plague so many of our conversations. We no longer will be dealing with regret over what we've failed to do or fear over what we need to do. Okay, so Daniel, in a real practical sense, when, when you find yourself walking into a fearful situation, um, uh, what, what do you do to overcome that? Well, that's a big question. I mean, one of the things I, I do daily is just breath prayers, you know, reminding myself of God's presence. Abba, Father, you are with me. Um, I remind myself that um, I am gifted, I am called, and I am his. Um, those are things I was uh, working out this morning on the rower, and I was, I was doing the breath prayer of the um, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It works really well with the rower, you know, three seconds back, one second <laughs> forward. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, just daily breath prayers. Um, writing down my fears, you know, daily I write down my fears and, and feelings of shame. Um, 
and, and guilt. You know, there's something really powerful when you can take an objective look at your fears and your shame and your guilt. Um, and so I, it's what psychologists call the observer self, you know, just observing what's going on mm -hmm. um, rather than reading the script to ourselves. Um, I had a, a husband call me a couple weeks ago and he was dealing with extreme self-hatred. And he's just like, I hate myself. And I said, well, there's self-hatred playing again. And, and it doesn't do any good to try to turn down the volume, but we've got to turn up the volume to the script of God's love in our mm. lives. I'm loved by God, but unfortunately the volume's so loud and Christians are like, ah, oh, what do I do? It keeps playing all this hatred and all this inability to be in my body as a man and enter my work. Um, because work can be a very shaming place. You know, little comments that are made, um, whether it's over finances or uh, direct reports or what have you. And so um, picking up God's script um, is what I would fundamentally encourage, and, and that's found in the scriptures and through prayer. But um, there are many different tactics for working that out, just as there's many different tactics for um, physically working out and diet. There's a myriad of tactics for facing our fear, shame, and guilt daily. Yes, um, in the, our ancient fathers and and uh, they they would use declarations. Yeah. Um, do you do you, do you practice any of them? What would you recommend to our listeners? Uh, some declarations that you have practiced over the years for you, you, you saying to yourself that these things are true. And um, I'm assuming you, you say it out loud to yourself. Do you do you do that? Absolutely. You know, in the business world, they call them affirmations and uh, kind of the, the motivational stream. Uh, but again, in our Christian faith, we have a beautiful family tradition of declarations. And so it's something I practice personally, but it's also something that I'm um, in my work with clients that we have them stand up and declare. Um, for example, when we're working with pastors and, and dealing with the shame dynamics that keep us from collaboration, um, we give them op the opportunity of looking at, at nine different expressions of collaboration from unity, diversity, maturity, authority, accountability, responsibility, autonomy, ambiguity, and adaptability. And with each of those nine, we have a declaration they make. So in regard to unity, um, we have them stand up and renounce no more division and declare, I am united. Mm. I will lean in to community. Um, in relationship to diversity. And we, we say, um, no more clone Christianity. I am different. I will be unique. Um, and so those are expressions of um, declarations. Another one is maturity. And we say, no more passivity. I am mature. I will grow. And that's the reality of what God has declared in our lives. The work he has begun he promises to carry on to completion. And so if you're a Christian, you are called to mature. You are called to growth. And so, but oftentimes that, that requires getting out of our head and saying it out loud. You know, and sometimes it's not appropriate as I'm in the midst of a meeting. And sometimes it'll be a, a breath prayer because it's not the time to say, I am united. <laughs> <laughs> I am unique. I am different. You know, it's more like, I'm you unique. are fired. <laughs> Um, but I've found it's helpful to write these things down. Um, it's, it's helpful um, to text my friends and say, hey, man, self-hatred is playing on the radio right now. Will you pray for me? Mm. Uh, 
the volume's really loud regarding shame. Mm. Uh, and I have friends that will text me back or call me right away and say, hey man, you are gifted, you are called, you are his child, you're an ambassador of Christ. Lean in, lean in. Yeah, okay, so Daniel, because you talk about in your book the difference between living as an orphan and living as a child of the king, a child of God. Um, and I think many times we are, we are playing out of that whole orphan thing. Talk about that um, just for a moment. Yeah, a number of years ago, I hit a wall. Um, probably my biggest challenge in my 20s was starting a church and working through graduate school. But my biggest challenge in my 30s was um, leading on empty, you know, and leading and charging forward, but not having any uh, gas in the tank. And I I'm reached out to a mentor and he connected me with a, another mentor who started meeting with me re regularly in a, a formal manner, not only me, but my wife and I together. And uh, he was the one that first introduced me to the distinction between um, the orphan and the child of God. And he's a part of a ministry called Surge Ministry that comes alongside pastors and missionaries and disciples, people who are discipling others. Um, and essentially what he unpacked for me was an orphan oftentimes feels alone, lacks a vital daily intimacy with God, is anxious over felt needs, relationships, money, health, lives on a succeed-fail basis, feels condemned and guilty and unworthy before God and others, and lives with little faith, uh, which sounds a lot like my daily life, where, where a child of God has a growing assurance that God really is Abba Father. He's my loving Father. Uh, a child of God trusts the Father and has a growing confidence in His loving care. A child of God is learning to live in daily conscious partnership with God feels loved, forgiven, and totally accepted because of what Christ has done and has a daily working trust in Christ. Mm. Um, and in Leadership Mosaic, we provide a, an orphan checklist and a child of God checklist. And it's a, it's a really helpful audit to check in emotionally. And again, this isn't like a pass-fail, but I find it helpful when I meet with, with leaders just to do an audit. You know, yeah. what's going on in your heart? Yes. Uh, how's that civil war going? Yeah. As we're running through life, we're... we're one of these narratives is playing out more than the other. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Uh, unfortunately, we have one more segment left. We could stay here with Daniel for a long time talking about this. So we're going to come back in our next and fourth and final segment, talk a little bit more about the leadership mosaic and how that pertains to you uh, as men and as women and as listeners. So we'll uh, be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment today. We're talking with Daniel Montgomery of leadershipreality.org about his book, Leadership Mosaic. And you can get a lot of free information uh, on, on different uh, chapters of the book, worksheets, and all kinds of uh, free material at leadershipmosaic.org. And uh, just for those of you who are illiterate on the spelling, that is M-O-S-A-I-C. Is that correct? Am I still right? Yeah, M-O-S-A-I-C is Mosaic. So, Daniel, okay, so you've been a pastor for all these years, and then God's transitioning you to really work with business leaders and, you know, companies. Um, what does that look like for you? What do you I mean, flesh that out as a, as a pastor yeah, of, yeah. Of, of, God, of, you know, now you're you know, kind of pastoring business folks. What does that look like? Yeah, leadership reality advisors exist to bring life to work and work to life. And 
uh, when we talk about work and we're talking about business, I think it's important to ask, well, what is, what is business all about? I mean, business at its core is about um, serving the common good. Uh, it's about solving problems and offering creative and, and meaningful solutions. Well, business leaders exist to serve, and they have a, a confluence of people and constituencies that they must serve. They must serve customers, employers, and uh, employees, rather, and suppliers internally and externally. They serve communities, environments, and society. In addition, they, they have to serve stakeholders and, and shareholders. And so the question leadership reality asks is, who's serving leaders? Who, who's coming alongside leaders? Because it's not really a, a matter of whether or not leaders are serving. Leaders are serving. They're either serving wisely or foolishly. You know, so we, we want to ask the question, who's helping leaders hold together all of the competing demands being made upon them? As we talked about this morning, the, the demands of home and work and finances and future. Who's helping leaders manage the weight of leadership? Whether that's the, the weight of, of raising our sons and daughters or the weight of, of raising up a company. I know personally growing up fatherless, my biggest leadership challenge is often raising up my own children um, because I don't have a playbook. I didn't grow up with a playbook. A friend once said to me, Daniel, uh, all my friends that grew up without fathers, they think there's a perfect playbook. There, there isn't one. We're all just trying to figure it out. Who's helping leaders process both the pain and possibility of leading an organization or leading others? Who's helping leaders really break through before they break down? Because leaders are breaking down all over us. How do we break through before we break down? I mean, who's essentially helping leaders sleep better at night? That's why we exist. I mean, you'd be surprised by how many smart and successful leaders are struggling to reach their potential. In fact, most leaders are only operating at 60% because they're driven not by purpose, but by distraction. What leadership reality does is it comes alongside leaders and, and helps them get uncluttered and, and find personal and professional clarity. They help, we help them get unstuck by providing kind of relational and organizational synergy with their team. And, and really, it's about integrity. I mean, the, the root word of integrity <clears throat> is integer, which means um, whole or one. And so what we're passionate about is leaders living an undivided life. Um, that's, that's the longing. That's why we exist. That's what gets me up in the morning. That's why I, I pound the table. Um, I want to come alongside leaders and live, let them live their whole life unto God, the whole person uh, in the whole workplace for the sake of the whole world. And so we enable leaders, whether manager or executive, for-profit or non-profit, to find themselves among the tensions of their faith and demands of the work at workplace by helping them locate themselves and essentially ask two questions. Who am I and where am I in relationship to myself, my work, and my future? And really, uh, and what you're talking about here, uh, you're walking into some secular businesses and... Um, how do you differentiate the difference between, you know, maybe a Christian-owned company and one where there's maybe some Christians, but it's not, maybe it's not driven Christ-centered? How, how do you differentiate that? Yeah, um, 100% of the companies I work with are Christian-owned and operated, but okay. they're not necessarily Christian companies. Okay. Um, and so they're, they're Christian-owned and operated. But we live in a pluralistic society. Mm -hmm. And so if you made demands that everyone was a Christian in your company, I think you'd run into some, some challenges. And so we offer um, common grace, common good. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to get away from the language of secular. 
um, common grace, common gr- good leadership um, training. And so our team has been certified in the Leadership Challenge um, Facilitator Certification, as well as what's called the Flippin' Profile. And so we use a, a host of tools and tactics um, that are common grace, you know, for the believer and the unbeliever. God causes it, causes it to rain and shine on the believer and unbeliever. And really, we have been surprised by some of the best leadership reflection out there in the marketplace. Some of the most Christian leadership reflection is actually by non-Christians. Mm. And we're encouraged by that. Um, I don't look at non-Christians who come up with uh, godly insights and say, you know, that's impossible. <laughs> I say, God has blessed you that's right. with this wisdom. Um, and this, this wisdom, I know the wise one. Um, you are doing good. Let me point to you. To, let me point you to the God of all good. You are skillful in your application of management or finances or direct reports or scaling up or downsizing. That that wisdom is provided by the God of all wisdom. That every blessing comes from God. It's essentially to receive life. And God blesses the unbeliever and believer. Now, ultimate blessing, salvific blessing, is found only in Christ Jesus and Christ alone. But God's blessing reigns on all of humanity. That's, um, that's his grace just overflowing into all. And it's also his, you know, we, everyone, whether, uh, whether saved or, or a person who doesn't know Christ yet, they still have the image of God in them. They're created in the image of God. And that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, Daniel, when, uh, what is like your biggest challenge as you are launching this, you know, this ministry and this you know, business and, and working with businesses? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, one of my biggest challenges is just being present to my children. Um, and so since I've already unpacked that a bit, um, another challenge is being in the moment, being right now, being right here which really is what presence is all about. I mean, even in this moment right now, like right now, right here with two brothers, I can have as much of God as I want. And, and I, wanna, I wanna practice God's presence daily. Mm. And it's so easy in the, the grind of life and in starting a new company to, to live in the future. And I'm a visionary by nature. <laughs> by nature, I live in the future, five, 10, 20, 30 years ahead, thinking 100 years ahead. Knowing I'm not going to be around, but am I building a company that's going to have a, an impact generationally? And so my challenge is, no, right now, right here. Be here, be now. Be with whomever God has set before me and, and practice their presence. Um, that's, that's a daily challenge and, and something that I, I struggle with, and I know it's a common struggle, but uh, that's probably one of my biggest challenges. That's good because I think, I think all of us guys... Um battle that boom and on a daily basis <laughs> daniel it has been absolutely rich to have you come in here and um but our time is up brother no it's been good i'm i'm super thankful for your ministry and what you do and really i'm thankful for the two of y'all being pace setters and stepping into the crisis of masculinity and being pioneers who go to the action and mm. not just going to the action but but getting it done and, and offering up what you're offering. And I just want to encourage you this morning because it's very clear what you are offering, Christ is perfecting, mm. and he's doing far more than you could ever ask or imagine. So thanks for having me here. It's an honor to, to lock arms 
and uh, wrestle through these truths with you guys. Oh, thank you, Daniel. Thank you very much. Hey, would you pray for us guys? Pray for our listeners as as we uh, go to the throne of grace. Would you just bless them and lift them up in prayer? Yeah. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come before your presence mm. right now, right here. And our desire is to be men who are pioneers, who go to the action. Um, and we don't want to just go to where the action is. Lord, we, we want to be men who get it done, who, who do the work you've called us to do, whether that's work with our children or our wives or wherever and whenever, Lord. We want to be kingdom men where what you want done, it's done in and through us. And so, Lord, help us this very moment to savor the life we have right now. Um, whether we're at home, at work, wherever we find ourselves, driving in the car, Lord, be with us. Um, really, we know you're with us. And so, Lord, we just call ourselves to worship now and ask that, Lord, you would help us to live into these truths that we have reflected on today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Thanks, Daniel. You know, Daniel's talked a lot today about leadership and, again, his website, leadershipreality.org, and the, the website for the book, leadershipmosaic.org, has all kinds of free information there. You know, I've been reading and praying Ephesians 3 this week. Uh, it says, for this reason, this is Paul writing, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. And actually, there's a little spot on there, a little note says that the Greek for family is also derived from the Greek word for father. So if I read that again in that context, it says, for I re this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every father in heaven and on earth derives its name. And he talks about praying that out of all the glorious riches of God that we will be strengthened. And he mentions three things, power, three times, power, power, power. <laughs> and it, our source is being a son to the Father. And if your starting spot is right there, boy, that is the best place to start being a leader is being a son to the, to the Father in heaven. And if we, can we operate out of that, guys, we're going in the direction of leadership as God intended it, to serve those who are around us uh, and, and looking to our, our Father in heaven. So listen, I hope you have enjoyed this past show. Uh, if you just caught the end of this, you can hear on iTunes, SoundCloud, or go to Facebook and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can hear Daniel in this entire episode commercial-free. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this is inspired, encouraged maybe even convicted you, pass this along to someone else who may like to hear it as well. So again, thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.